The centerpiece of DOD's joint information environment, the military's joint regional security stacks, has some serious problems, according to the Pentagon Independent Testing Office. They're serious enough that the Office of Operational Test and Evaluation is urging DOD to stop any further development of this JRSS infrastructure until it solves challenges involving commercial technology integration and staffing shortfalls. Federal News Radio's Jared Serbu writes about the assessment in this week's edition of the DOD Reporter's Notebook, and Jared joins me now. And Jared, sounds like things are stacked against the stack. Yeah, it's interesting. We've seen relatively few independent assessments from GAO or, or really any and anybody else about the joint regional security stacks, which just to refresh people's memory really is, as you said, the centerpiece of DOD's overall joint information environment. They have called it really its first big deliverable. These are supposed to be a consolidation of the various firewalls and other defensive security hardware and software that, that have been up until this point, at least in the case of the Army and the Air Force, run on a, you know, a post-camp station basis, and these are going to be sort of regional consolidated uh, points where they can monitor all the incoming and outgoing network traffic, give U.S. Cybercom um, visibility over everything that's happening. But this this report from the uh, Office of Operational Test and Evaluation, like I said, really is one of the first independent assessments we've seen. It was directed by Congress in a National Defense Authorization Act a couple years ago. What they concluded was pretty striking. They said that the JRSS is unable to help network defenders protect the network against operationally realistic cyber attacks. They, they line up a couple main reasons for that, at least in the unclassified executive summary that, that we have access to. They say one of the main problems is that there are just there's just a lot of commercial off-the-shelf hardware, uh, excuse me, commercial off-the-shelf hardware and software uh, that, that make up these security stacks, which DOD has touted as a good thing because it lets them stay up with the latest and greatest in commercial technology that the rest of the world is using. The problem is, according to OTNE, they've done a really poor job of integrating all those things together and then getting to a related problem. They have really hard, really big problems with workforce. A, they've they've not trained people adequately on how to use all of these latest and greatest tools. And of the people that they have, they're, they're just not enough. So, for example, in the case of the Air Force, according to OTNE, they're at 50% manning for JRSS. Um, DISA, which is the Defense Information Systems Agency, which is sort of the overall integrator of the project, right now is staffed for five JRSS sites, and they're trying to manage nine with that existing uh, existing workload. So some pretty serious problems at this point, at least according to OTNE. I think one of the things that DOD would push back um, in, in response and say is that you know, whatever the problems are with JRSS, they are infinitely better than the situation we had before, which again was this was the situation where each individual military base or organization was allowed to run its own security, you know, its own security stacks following DOD standards, but um, to varying degrees of of, of acuity sure. to those. So um, any any centralization is a good thing, I think the department would argue. And how does this all relate to the cyber commands and to the DODIN? Because when you talk to the cyber command people and the people that are doing cybersecurity for the military armed services, they always talk about protecting the DODIN, the DOD information network. How does all this relate to that? Uh, it's it's really the primary mechanism that they intend to use to to protect the DODEN. So this is this is an effort that's got buy-in from U.S. Cyber Command. Cybercom actually signed off on the uh, the concept of operations for the Joint Regional Security Stacks just last September. And the, the, uh, again, that's that's one of the areas where OT&E is uh, fairly critical because they say it's just it's the, these this structure is just not ready for prime time at this point. Um, DoD was trying to do an internal 
successful uh, op- operational test and evaluation project over the past year. They end up having to delay that, according to OT&E, um, quote, to alleviate a test adequacy concern, which was that not all the planned traffic would have gone through the JRSS stacks during the uh, OT&E because the Air Force would not have gotten rid of all of the, the legacy gateways that it had scattered around before, which is not, not really, really a realistic test because JRSS is supposed to consolidate everything behind these regional security stacks. They also had a lack of available red teams to do the test. So um, basically all this uh, winds up with OTNE saying you really need to delay any further implementation of JRSS, A, until you've got the staff and the expertise to run them adequately. Um, but again, I think that goes back to what I think the DOD response is going to be here, which is that this is infinitely better than what we had before, even if we have problems. Do we know how long this could take? We really don't know. Um, we, we have very little visibility into exactly the, the, the folks that DOD uses to staff these uh, joint regional security stacks. There is almost certainly going to be more information on this in an un, or, sorry in, an, in a classified version of the report that uh, OTNE is providing to DOD. Um, what we're seeing here, again, is just an unclassified summary. But, I mean, they make clear that there are concerns that they can't put in the unclassified version. So there are more issues here than, than we even know about would be my suspicion. So how do they protect the networks in the meantime? In the meantime, JRSS is really the main mechanism, at least in the case of the Army and the Air Force. They're at uh, JRSS version 1.5 right now. And remember, this this all started as a way to consolidate the Army's network defenses. The Air Force climbed on a little bit later, and that's what led to JRSS 1.5. It does. It's going to be interesting to see what the implications are for JRSS 2.0, because that's the version that's supposed to bring the Navy and the Marine Corps into the fold. They've been, I, I would say, a little bit hesitant to jump on board at this point because their argument has been, hey, look, we already consolidated all of our network defenses into our own regional structure, uh, you know, more than a decade ago as we were building the Navy Marine Corps intranet. So we're happy to join join in as soon as it makes sense. But uh, I, I think they would look at a report like this and say it's another reason for us to hold off for a little bit longer. And you're also writing about a little bit of a snafu occurring in the Defense Innovation Board and its chairman, Eric Schmidt of Silicon Valley, famously. What's going on there? Yeah, so we remember this This independent advisory panel was set up by Ash Carter when he was still Secretary of Defense to try and sort of tap into Silicon Valley expertise. They said at the out, out, outset that they were not going to be a traditional FACA committee because they didn't want to be in the business of writing paper reports that sat on shelves that no one ever examined. And then Congress came along, and in last year's NDAA, they ordered the, 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 the Defense Innovation Board to write a report on software acquisition, which is, of course, a massive and pervasive problem in DOD. So they're, they're, they're doing some interesting things here to try and come up with ways to tackle the mandate from Congress without coming up with one of those documents that's going to gather dust on the shelf. They're talking about things like going out and, and aggregating all of the existing studies and data that are scattered throughout the Defense Department right now put those into some sort of machine learning model so that it can live in perpetuity so that people can, going forward, plug in their assumptions, their requirements about software and maybe get an answer back from the gonculator that says, here's how over budget and over schedule this is going to be if you pursue this in this particular way. So some interesting approaches. The bottom line, I think, is they're trying not to create, again, um, a a static document and a static set of recommendations to, to solve this or to address this, as I said, really pervasive problem throughout DOD. Federal News Radio's Jared Serbu. Thanks so much. You got it. Check out his notebook at federalnewsradio.com.